Welcome to the Men's Bible Study Podcast, a ministry of Sheridan House. We continue today in the series, So We Would Know, a study through the Gospel of John. If you missed any part of this series, you can find it and others online at sheridanhouse.org slash mbs. So, uh, First Baptist Fort Lauderdale, we moved the coffee table out onto the street. So if, when you're coming in from the parking lot, uh, the coffee table's out on the sidewalk. If you're walking uh, from all the, the millennial condos, that uh, there are 4,000 teeny condos and apartments just two blocks north. And so it's fun to be out there because people are walking by to go to Einstein's, which is a block away from our table. And another block is uh, Starbucks. And so we have free coffee right here. And I'm an obnoxious New Yorker. And so uh, they're walking by, and they, some of them have learned not to make eye contact with me. Some of them go to the other side of the street and get past me. <laughs> it's hilarious. And all I'm saying is, it's free coffee. It's free. It's not five bucks or whatever Starbucks is. It's free. It's right here. And so uh, it took three years, but they're starting to they're starting to come across the street, and I'm starting to talk to them, and got to talk to one, and he knew he was ready. And so tell me about this church, and we're talking and talking about it. And he said, you know, I tried. I said, what does that mean? Well, I, I tried. I, you tried what? And, and I said, oh, you're trying to say you tried Christianity, but you didn't. You tried church. Well, I don't know what I tried, but I tried, and it didn't work. And I thought, this is classic. And if you watch enough weird Christian televisions with some of these weird guys, if you do this, this, and this, you get this. And Jesus is going to talk to us about that today. He's going to talk to us about John 16.1. I've told you this thing so that you would not fall away. And he's referring to back in John 15 where it says, When the world hates you, remember it hated me before it hated you. The world would love you if you belonged to it, but you don't. I chose you to come out of the world, and so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. Yeah, I've told you these things to prepare you. I remember during the during uh, the election, and some people came up to me and wanted us to put a big Trump sign out in front of the church. And I said, we get a big Trump sign in front of the church, we won't get the people walking in that we want to walk in. We want nasty pagans walking in here. Let's, let's befriend them rather than smack them in the face before they get in the door. Let's get to know them, come on. Because they, their opinion of us by the radical fringe uh, is that those people are weird, they're bigoted, they're this, this. We need to have a relationship. We need to go after them. So uh, there's a, in, at First Baptist Fort Lauderdale, there are, there are several gay couples. And uh, so you know, I knew I needed to do a Sunday morning on what marriage is. Um, a man and a woman, and uh, bless her heart, Rosemary was sitting there, just her eyes were huge. And, uh, and did we lose a, a couple of couples? Yeah, we did. But, but one, of the, one of the couples, a couple of guys, uh, came to talk, and, uh, and I was there with Rosemary, and they have so befriended Rosemary. It's unbelievable. They stay away from me, but they befriended Rosemary. <laughs> and it's just been cool to watch them ask her questions and whatever. The, these things he's referring to, these things, refers to how we should live and how we should respond to others regardless of how they respond to us. Regardless of how they respond to us. Yeah, in Matthew, and you know this passage, in Matthew 5 it says, you have heard that the law of Moses says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, 
And these are one of the six but I says after the Beatitudes. They're awesome. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. If you love only those who love you, what good is that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. I think I told the story of Rosemary backing out of the parking space at Publix. And, uh, and Rosemary is a 4.0, 148 IQ, brilliant person. Uh, the normal things that the rest of us do don't really work for her. Um, you know, like using a rearview mirror or whatever. Um, and so she backs into this guy, and, and I love telling this story. And he and she's calling me, and I can, I can hear somebody yelling at her in the background, and I'm here, and she's at Publix over there, so I head over there. And uh, by the time I get there, he's opening the car door for her, stopping cars so she can back out, waving at her. And so I said, let's go get a cup of coffee. And uh, we parked and went over to Vienna, whatever that is, for a cup of coffee in that shopping center. I said, what was that? Is that the same guy that was yelling? She said, yeah. I said, did you drug him? I mean, what did you do? <laughs> and she said, I, she, here's what she wanted to say, but she didn't. I'm not, she wanted to say, I'm not like you. I don't give people the remote control to my attitude. <laughs> She's too sweet to say that. But at the end of the day, she said, no, I didn't let him control me. I was just nice to him. I said, it's my fault. I'm so sorry. When the police came, I said, my fault. We have to be different. The world has to see that we're different. And it doesn't really count with the other Christians. It really counts with the pagan world. It really counts with the woman at the well. And she's shocked that he's talking to her. And talks to her about uh, her husband. And she basically says, I don't have a husband. Oh, you're right, but you've had five. And the one you're living with now is not, in other words, you're a whore. The one you're living with now is not even your husband. And she's so amazed that he knows those things, but then he's so amazed that he's a Jew and she's a Samaritan. And he's still loving her and he's talking to her that she goes down in, into the village and brings all these people back up. And the reason we hear that story is, wow, I need a different motivation. The motivation is I know you're watching, not win this argument. I know you're watching. Do not expect the world to be motivated by your love for others. When I'm nice, when I'm gracious. One of the funny things about South Florida is you, you stop and give somebody room to, to turn in front of you and go over uh, on US <coughs> one last night. And, and Rosemary's shaking her head. And I said, are you shaking your head because he didn't wave and say thank you? She said, yeah, but I'm used to it here. I'm used to it here. Where in North Carolina, everybody waves. Uh, it's not a real wave. I just want to help you here. Uh, they're not even looking at you. There's some kind of an elbow thing in the water where they go like this and back down. Of course, in South Florida, there's another elbow thing that only includes one, one finger, but whatever it is. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's do it for him. Do it for him. Do it for him. And I have to have the right focus. Bob, he says in John 16, 1, I've told you these things so that you won't fall away. That you, you, you won't fall away. I, you know, you, I, I'm sure you've heard it said, you know, I, I, I hear what the Bible says, you can't do business like that in South Florida. South, it's the real world. Really? I got to do what I got to do. I got to tell you, Hector, uh, and you've heard this before, but I, I, everybody hasn't heard this before. When we built the duplex and the inspector came through and asked uh, our, our builder, uh, who, who did uh, inspect your air conditioning and who did this? 
And uh, he said, uh, I, uh, what's his name? He said, Debonair. Uh, and they did it for free. And he said, I don't have to inspect. I love Debonair. They do it right. Um, and he made a couple of statements that were interesting. He, know, he knew who you guys are spiritually. And it was just so cool to have that kind of reputation in South Florida. End of the day, yeah. So I got to ask, does my faith work? Does my faith work? If my faith is just to get, if I, is that the gig? If I do this, 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 and this, then I'm going to have a, an easy life. No, this isn't heaven. You, we can't turn this into heaven. Yeah, I fall away from my faith when I don't see the desired results for my actions. Oh, so God's my vending machine. And I, and I go hit, uh, hit the buttons. And I put my tithe money in, and I hit the buttons on the God vending machine, and I get, no, you don't. Now, you will, if you're, if you're working hard at, at, at looking and noticing, you will, it might be a day, a week, a month, a decade. And one of the most brilliant, Rosemary and her Devo, she read a book called, a Thou I think it's called A Thousand Blessings, and in her devotions in the morning, she comes, tries to come up with between five and ten blessings uh, from the previous day. And it's amazing. She, she's over 5,000 now. She's been doing this for a while. She's over 5,000 blessings. I was dumb enough to ask, am I anywhere? <laughs> she says, no, I'll eventually burn this book so you don't get it after I'm gone. Yeah. No, I mean, he's all over your life. But he's got a bigger plan for you. I mean, for Paul to say, I've learned to be content, <coughs> and he's in prison. He's in, he grew up in a wealthy home. He's in prison? No. The world acts like the world, no matter how nice I am. I don't have seen it. I tend to fall away from my faith when it's not working. It's just not working. Here's the tough one right here. I, I, I fall away from my faith in Christ when religious people, people who are supposed to act be acting like Christians, act like the world. Really? Act like the world. They, they, it's just not working. I, I don't know. It's like right after uh, I, I ended up being the interim at uh, First Baptist Fort Lauderdale. I was there three plus years, shortly after Bob Coy fell. And uh, I know that if you, that every church on planet Earth calls me Bob, except Calvary Chapel calls me Dr. Bob. Uh, never quite figured that out. And so I'm on the sidewalk where the, we just put the coffee and these people are coming up. And uh, the late, one of the guys refers to me as Dr. Bob. And uh, I love it. I said, so you're from Calvary Chapel? And they look at me and I said, uh, why are you here? Well, you know, there's, there's, there's some people there and oh, there's some people there that are hypocrites. Well, this building's full of hypocrites. There's room for more if you want to come, but this is really cool. We're not perfect. No perfect people. I love David Hughes's billboard. No perfect people. There's no perfect people. But we tend to fall away when we look here rather than here. This is ministry. That's your Abba. That's your Father. And I, I, we must crush him sometimes. Oh, really? After all you've seen, really? Fall away here? according to the commentators, refers to discouragement. Refers to discouragement in the battle of faith. Discouragement in my battle of faith. I did my part 
and I don't want to say this out loud, but what did Christ do? I mean, I did what he said to do, and it's not working. Short term. We're short term thinkers. We're so short term. We are, and this is unfortunate, results oriented people. We want to see God in results. We want to claim results as evidence of God. I mean, I've jumped through the hoops. Where is it? And honestly, I think I held Sheridan House up for 10 years because that was me. And for the first 10 years at Sheridan House, we had, we had a government grant, and, I, and I'd worked for the government doing this before, so when I got there, we dropped all government funding, and, and uh, I probably should have done it slower than we did, and uh, we got down to that. My first year, uh, the entire donations was $47,000 without the government funding. And there were four of us working here, Secretary House Parents and me, and it was a disaster. But I really had the attitude, I can do this. And it, nothing worked. Our first auction had six people show up. And it, it was almost like God was saying, are you ready to get out of the way? And it was at about the six year mark that a guy named Bill Kelly, Bill Kelly Chevrolet, who was on my board, uh, he'd seen my car. My car was a disaster. And so Kelly said, can you meet me at the dealership? And I thought he was going to fix my car. Uh, and uh, he said, I know you think I'm going to fix your car. It's unfixable. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give you a car for the, for the next three years. It's the least car I'm going to give it to you. He gave me a little Chevy Cavalier. I loved that car. And said, you got to turn it in at, at the three-year mark or 70,000 miles. Do you know he did that for eight cars? And it was just like, wow, because I couldn't afford a car. And we lost our apartment. We had to move into Sheridan House. And so how did you do that? And, and then... For, and I'm praying for that for Sheridan House. It was another year that the truck I was using to pick up the groceries uh, on early Monday mornings was an it was literally an antique. It was dying. And uh, so three dolphins came to visit Sheridan House. Norm Evans, you have to be my age to even remember these names. Norm was on our board, Vern Denherger, and Mike Colin. And they you're giving your age away when you're nodding your head. And so they they uh, came. Uh, they wanted to get lunch, and and they said. Uh, what does Sheridan House need? And I said, well, I don't know, what are you thinking? They said, well, we want to give some money. Uh, we have a fine fund uh, that Shula has set up. If you're over the weight he assigned you to be at, uh, you get fined, and Zonka is filling that fund. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I said, well, we, we really need a truck. We just need a pickup truck. And Den Herder, I think it was, or Colin wanted to say, oh, I do the commercials for uh, Hollywood Dodge. We'll get you a truck. And a week later, a truck arrived. It had the words Sheridan House on it. We had nothing with Sheridan, the word Sheridan House on it. And I wept. And I didn't hear an audible voice, but I was basically, ah, I can do this. But you're thinking you're going to do this, 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 and get this. It doesn't work like that. Do what's in front of you to do. And don't walk by people. And I can so do this. This is kind of the Truett Cathy story. I mean, Truett Cathy had one restaurant in Atlanta. Truett Cathy was not five feet tall. He had one restaurant in Atlanta that he named The Dwarf, which is hilarious. And then he started giving it away, and giving it away, and giving it away. And then all of a sudden, Chick-fil-A's everywhere. And all of a sudden, he wants to know about Sheridan House. And he and, he, he and uh, Bubba Cathy, his, his youngest son, uh, see what Sheridan House is doing, and I think they're going to do something. And they go up, they do better. They go to the mountains of Georgia and build children's homes. And he was known for loving to go up there on, on the weekends and love on those children and bring them stuff. And, 
He did better. He, he built bigger. It's, it's, I know now why you've given me what to do. I just, I get all these OCD plans. Wow. Work hard, but notice people. Work hard, but notice people. Because, and honestly, my desired results, for sure, else, was so much less than he's done. I never would have dreamed this. I still get, I, I, I'm here three days a week at 5.30 a.m. I still get emotional about the lights and the lights that got finished recently. It's like, we have lights. This is unbelievable. Yeah, the outcome of my effort, the outcome of my effort's up to God. The motivation behind my effort is up to me. Either I either trust God or I trust in outcomes. Go after it. Go after it. When I, uh, when I was, uh, I put Tori in, in Sheridan Hills Christian School knowing I couldn't afford to put my son in. Um, and Rosemary convinced me to register him in April anyway, before the school year. And so I registered him knowing she's a dreamer. Uh, this isn't going to happen. And I was doing, uh, in April also, I was doing a seminar at a place called Flamingo Road Baptist Church. And uh, parenting seminar on Wednesday nights. And Bob Hammer walks me to the car. Uh, the founding pastor had been in existence for four years and he said I'm telling him this weekend that I'm going back to Tennessee would you fill the pulpit till they get a pastor and I said I've never done that and he said but you got that men's Bible study you've had forever you can use that stuff and I said it's so different I've never done that and so he says uh, well um, would you pray about it and being uh, wanting to act religious I said yes I will pray about it and I will let you know on Friday two days I'm talking to Rosemary, and she's praying about it. She says, I think you ought to do it. And I said, really? And I've never known fear like my first Sunday. I literally threw up in the parking lot. Um, and I went there, and I'm walking out. And as I'm walking out after their service, uh, a guy named Charlie uh, Tarber walks me to the car and hands me an envelope. And I, I think it's a contract. And I said, I really don't want to sign anything. And he says, no, no, it's your honorarium. And I said, what's an honorarium? And he says, he was great. He said, it's your check, stupid. <laughs> I said, I get paid to do that? And he was great. He got my humor. He said, well, after we heard the sermon, we considered cutting it in half, but that's okay. <laughs> and he and I ended up, he's ended up great together. But I drove, I drove home weeping. And in the goodness of God, that was when all these homes were finished, finishing up. People were moving in. And as people were moving in, there, was only, there were only two options, the Methodist Church and the Baptist Church at that time. And in the first um, year, it, it went uh, from 240 to over 1,200. And several pastors were coming out, and we went to three services. And Hawkins, O.S. Hawkins, who was at First Baptist Fort Lauderdale at the time, wanted to come out and see what I was doing different. He came out, we went out to lunch, and he was great. He said, uh, I, watching all those people respond to the altar call was amazing. Uh, I want you to know for sure it's not you. I just heard your sermon. <laughs> awesome. And I have those tapes. He's right. I've listened to them. Uh, it was like, wow, Bob, I got this. I got this. I had the greatest turmoil while in the pulpit with God this past Sunday. It wasn't the kind of service sermon you give an altar call to. And I don't give altar calls every time. I always let them accept Christ in their seat. I don't always give an altar call. And so... About once a month, I'd give an altar call to First Baptist. This one doesn't work uh, for an altar call. And uh, they had asked me before, you're going to do an altar call. We need to be prepared. Uh, I said, no, this one isn't, isn't one of those. And so I'm, I'm halfway through the sermon, 
and I, he's God has just given altar call, given altar call, given altar call. I'm thinking, oh, and then he did it. I didn't hear an audible voice. Is it your pride? Are you afraid nobody's coming forward? And I thought, oh, this is a test. I'm, I'm going out on a blank altar call my last Sunday. And it was awesome. Gave an altar call, and for easily 20 seconds, nobody budged. And I'm getting ready to close, and all of a sudden, they came. And I thought, wow, look at you. This was not an altar call. This was you call. This was you call. Yeah, the outcome of my effort is up to God. That's an Oswald Chambers quote. You're not responsible for the outcome of your efforts. God is. Yeah, the outcome of my effort is up to God. The motivation behind my effort is up to me. I either trust God or, or trust in outcomes. And, and trust, honestly, faith is a verb. You live faithfully and go past you and give past you and do past you and speak past you. Yeah, it's the verse we all know, and I'll probably use it every week. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Do not depend on your own understanding. Period. End of story. Seek his will and all you do. I know you want me to give an altar call, but, uh, but, and he'll direct your path. Listen to me, son. Listen to me. You know, I've, I've come to believe the real enemy is not Satan. The real enemy is me. Satan taught he can't have me. He can't have me. He can't influence me unless I have him. But it says he prowls like a roaring lion waiting to find. Oh, Bob, your pride. Don't give an altar call. Nobody's coming. It's right in here. It's all here. It's that Pogo, I think it's Pogo, quote, I've met the enemy and it, it is I. Yeah, I mean, the real enemy, right in here. I have told you these things so that you won't fall away, verse, six, verse 1 says. The Jew was in a very, 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 very religious system. It was do's and don'ts. It was a checkoff sheet. And you were higher up in the, in the, to God if you did the checkoff sheet. And Jesus is saying, are you kidding me? There's nothing you can do to earn my love? I love you. You know, it's like, it's like a baby. There's nothing. Babies bring nothing to the table. Roby's having a baby next month. And uh, babies bring nothing to the table. Uh, it's, it's a funny thing about babies. If it's your baby, it's beautiful. And can I say, I've seen some seriously ugly babies that the moms think that's a beautiful baby. I've seen some babies that, wow, this one's going to be home forever. Uh, and and, and what, does a baby, what, what does a baby bring to the table? It has you getting up in the night, has you changing disgusting diapers. But if it's your baby, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Jesus loves you, and, you've, and I've got to tell you, you've got disgusting diapers. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Some people come to Christ trying to get an easy button. It's not like that. He already knows the plans he has for you. He's not your vending machine. I have told you these things so that you won't fall away. Verse 4 in that chapter says, Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen you will remember I warned you. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. I had the most interesting Thursday last Thursday because I spoke to that group, that secular group of <coughs> purchasing managers. I didn't even know what a purchasing manager was. Purchasing managers in government. So it was cities, towns, counties, and they, they come to South Florida for their annual meeting, and the purchasing manager for the town of Davie asked me, would you call and speak to them on leadership? Um, and I said, okay, and then he, and that was months ago, and then Monday he must have gotten a phone call from somebody, did you know he's a Christian and also a pastor? So he calls me a little freaked out, 
Uh, I really like this guy though. And he said, uh, you know this is a secular meeting, right? And I said, yeah, let me do this. And you can cancel after you get it if you want. I'm going to send you my notes. I'm a note-driven guy. I'm going to send you my notes. And the last page, I think I told you, was the, the greatest leader who ever lived, Jesus. How did his followers, how did his managers do, his disciples? And everyone went to their grave martyred all over the world. Thomas walked all the way to India, India sharing the gospel. I think it was Matthew walked down into Ethiopia sharing the gospel. They were all martyred. And one of them was flayed to death uh, in some city flayed skin peeled off him preaching the gospel and I and and he called and said how far are you going to go with this and I said well I'm going to say the greatest leader that ever lived we could debate or argue as to uh, whether he's God or not I, I believe he's God but you have your own opinion but you can't deny he was the great he changed the world and so gave it and uh, it's in a big thing round like this and uh, they're here he's sitting here he knows where I'm going. Uh, he's got the PowerPoint. He's running it. <laughs> and we get to it, and he's looking down at the table. And then he looks up. There's crying all over the room. They're, they went from laughing at how stupid I am to crying all over the room and lining up. And, and he said, that was, I didn't expect this. I said, well, let me help you with one thing. You're going to get a letter from somebody that's pretty standard. That's OK. And, and they'll probably tell you, don't ask me back next year. And that's OK. But we got to tell the truth. Amen. And there's going to be people not happy. I did expect somebody to say, can I walk you to your car? And they didn't. Um, we got to tell the truth. It, to some extent, you're going to suffer. It's an issue of trusting. And it's an issue of reaching past me. And it's an issue of the, these boys that your son is bringing us to, to see how, how can we help? How can we help financially? And, you know, it's interesting. I'm a box guy. I function in a box sometimes too much. And uh, I was driving around um, a little bit yesterday just to get my head back. And no, no, I was driving home from First Baptist last night because we're still doing Wednesday nights until um, the guy gets here. And uh, I told Rosemary the story of these two little boys, high school boys, and she said, you should find out from the 22-year-old if they need groceries. And she said, before you say it, I know the groceries that you get are for single moms. Bob, you're throwing out groceries sometimes because they give you a, a massive truckload every day. What about him? What about them? And I'm glad she said that because if you went by the dumpster right now, the boxes are sticking out of the dumpster so sad. Uh, we're trying. We're trying. We're getting there. Uh, but they're so, they were so blown away that they said to us when they and did the annual inspections, you can't do it in pickup trucks anymore. Uh, and we were able to say, show and point at, well, what about that big black truck, that box truck? When did you get that? Yesterday. So now they've gone wacko giving us stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking out of the box, being a noticer, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not, do not, do not depend on your own understanding. I think that's, that's the highlighted word that, Bob, do not. How are we going to do this? And I got to tell you, it's really, really challenging for guys from the secular world to come on staff here. And it's fun to watch him, for, for Rick to come out of being president of a, of a company and, and realizing, yes, Jesus lets us go right to the end sometimes, and then bammo. Or from Don King, who was, who was our CFO, and Don King was the CFO of Enterprise Auto in St. Louis and cashed out early and came down here and retired and then realized at 45, I can't, I, I got to do something, became the CFO of Calvary 
And then, I, I'm, you know, the story, I'm just calling up there asking. I, I called up there when Kerry Johnson, our, our CFO or comptroller or whatever you want to call it, guy who handles our money, was retiring. And I said, uh, how, ma how many people do you have in the, in the accounting department at Calvary? And he said, uh, 32. Well, it's, a, it's, it's huge. And it's awesome. And he said, why, how many do you have? And I said, I have, I have basically one and a half. Uh, and my one is leaving. Uh, you must have somebody under you that we could look at an interview. And he said, what about me? And I said, stop. Stop right there. I can't do this without talking to your pastor first. I need to talk to Doug. And for about a month, Doug referred to me as the poacher. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so Don comes on and he says, you know, and it took him about a month. He says, you know, at Calvary we have tithers. I mean, we know we're going to get money every Sunday. I can't figure out where this comes. And he's looking at me and I said, I can't figure out where this comes. And I think, and you know the story, I think the greatest moment for him, because he came on before Irma, and we were paying rent for single moms and paying rent for single moms and paying rent for single moms. And he came down the hall in the morning, how much longer are you going to do this? We have to make payroll on Friday. I said, I can't have them live in their car. <coughs> that evening, we're, we're both walking out a little late and we're in the parking lot. I said, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, yeah, what's up? He said, well, and he got emotional. He said, I'm not allowed to tell you who it is. It's somebody you know just came in and handed me a check for $50,000. And then he said, did you make a phone call? And I said, I'm not sure I can make a $50,000 phone call, but no, I did not make a phone call. He did. Period. Do not depend on your own understanding. I've told you these things so that you won't fall away. I'm going to bring him up for just a minute, but this is Joseph. I mean, my favorite person, Joseph. His brothers sell him into slavery in Egypt, and it's, the, it's a horrible thought. It's from a well-to-do home. When you're sold into slavery, you're put on an auction block, stripped naked. How, 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 talk about humiliation. Uh, you made a big deal out of the coat, now you're naked. The multicolored coat, now you're naked. Done. And so he goes to work for Potiphar at 17, 17 to 28, the boss's wife. Or saying, come to bed with me. Can I say that was a topless culture? She has nothing on from here up. All the, all the pictures and paintings and whatever they're called, topless. And he said, how could I do such a thing and sin against God? And it says, day after day she approached him. And then one day she's alone in the house with him. And she comes to him and he runs. I don't think he ran from her. I think he ran from him. This is, this is the day those two are looking good. And I'm 17 to 28, no sex. Yeah. And then he runs, she tells a lie, and he goes to prison. And I, I got to believe there's a day, the, the first couple of days, that I did the right thing. But I trust you. And two and a half to three and a half years later, he goes from prisoner to prime minister in an hour of the most powerful nation in the world at that time. And his brothers come to town. And Genesis 50 ends with this. His brothers come to town to get food. He takes care of them, doesn't tell them who he is, tests them. He really teaches us about forgiveness. We, we forgive and forget should never be put together. Oh, forgive. No. You forgive, but the restoration of the relationship takes a test. Otherwise, I'm just saying, I'm enabling. Abuse me, abuse me, abuse me. No. So his brothers come to town, takes care of him, tells them who he is, brings him to Goshen, not to where he was, uh, to take care of their sheep. Dad dies there terrified. When dad dies and they go see him, basically to say, now that dad's dead, are you going to get even? Are you going to get even? He says, are you kidding? 
what you meant for evil, God used for good. Look at my position today. Yeah, he trusted him. What made Joseph great, I trust you regardless. Abraham, great, I trust you regardless. Moses, great. These guys didn't do anything. They just trusted. They just let go. They let go of their stuff. Yeah, no matter what the world throws at you, you're not alone. And your father knows about it. Act like it. Act like it. Do you, you think Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby grew because they had a great game plan? Grew because they gave it away. They just gave it away. Let it go. I got so much more, but can I trust you to give it away? They gave it away. Yeah. In your life, the things that go on, Romans 8, 28, we know that God, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Finally, understand it or not, everything fits. Oh, I didn't see this coming. Everything fits. Everything fits. Absolutely everything fits. Period. End of story. So, Lord, when I don't see where the puzzle part goes, no, just trust me. Just trust me. The job is to just trust me. Everything fits. So, this kind of faith has to be has to be plugged in again every day. You got to recharge every day. And you got to find your way to recharge. Rosemary is sitting in a green chair. You know, me, it's it's journaling and this. But I listen to one of Roby's sermons, and quite honestly, when he when he referred to U verse, U verse is U version. U version is a Bible app. And I heard him say, yeah, I heard him say, if you do the, listen to the, a verse starting in the beginning for 17 minutes every day on your way to whatever, you'll listen to the whole Bible in a year. Unfortunately, I had to call him and say, hi, okay, do this. And he said, he's great. He said, Dad, this is going to be even better for you. It's going to come through your hearing aids, but, I, but you're too old to know how to do it, so I'll set it up for you. It was awesome. I just don't want to miss, Lord. I don't want to miss what you got going. And I know it starts with noticing the little things for his glory. Father, as we go out of here today, it's for your glory. As we go out of here today, it's for your glory. That we would become noticers for your glory. And we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. For previous messages, as well as other resources, you can visit us at sheridanhouse.org backslash MBS or call us at 954 583 1552. We hope you can join us again next week.